I have some just awful news to share with you. And it's going to be relevant if you're in sales and you send out cold sales emails for every hundred, every 100 cold sales emails that you send out, only 23 of those will even be opened. And out of that hundred that you sent out, typically one to five people are going to respond. And that really sucks. On this episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, I'm going to take you through three simple tests that you can put that cold sales email through before you send it, and you can turn the numbers and the odds in your favor. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 60,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our How to Write Irresistible Cold Emails webinar. It's going to be coming up shortly on December 22nd, as a matter of fact. And by the way, if you happen to be listening to this after December 22nd, 2023, uh, not to worry. Because I'm going to give the link right now. I'm going to be talking about it in greater detail. But you can certainly get the webinar replay and all the cool little templates and uh, chat GPT prompts I'm going to be including by visiting YourSalesPlaybook.com slash RockYourEmails. All right, let's get down to business. You guys know that I just can't stand listen to podcasts. And these guys are taking like 10 fucking minutes to get into it. All the cutesy little bantering and and all that. Ah, no time for that shit here. So there are three tests that I believe you need to put your emails through before you send them out. And I just want to let you know, because you might be turned off. Ah, three tests. Who has time for that, Paul? First of all, I mean, do you have time to keep getting ignored and dismissed? Because I don't, right? That's a big waste of fucking time right there. So um, I'm here to tell you these three tests are not going to take you forever. These are very quick little things. And we're going to use a little technology to make it faster. So let's get down to it. Test number one. Now, I call this SW. FL the SWFL test. In fact, now if you're not driving in the car, because I don't want you trying this stunt if you're driving. Uh, hopefully, you're hanging out at home or something. You you want to write this down because this is incredibly important, especially when we look at the fact that out of every 100 emails that we send out. These cold emails, I'm talking about cold emails, but I don't mean every, you know, you're sending internal emails and you're sending, you know, poems about butterflies and shit to family members. Remember those ones that people would send out 
And uh, like, if you didn't pass it along to eight or ten people, something horrible. Like, who the fuck would like? Why would you do that to me? I think of that um, line in Talladega Nights: "Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby." But anyway, here I am. I'm making fun of the people that take forever to get to the point, and I'm not getting to the point. So anyway, guilty. So this one you want to write down. It's called the S W F L test. SW stands for so what and FL stands for first line of really of that email so what I'm getting at again let me say it again SWFL so what first line so we want for you know to have an impact in that first line because it really has to pass the so what test, right? Like, all right, big deal. Is this and and the way that we pass the so what so what test? Because I know you've heard that a million times. You probably gave me an eye roll back there, and, and I don't blame you. But I'm going to get into detail. I'm going to tell you how, because I'm sure you're aware of that. It has to pass the so what test. I'm going to tell you how to pass the so what test in a minute. But that first line is so important and the reason why is because a certain amount of characters from that first sentence the first line what have you it's going to show up in the preview text and to me a big reason why 77 percent of the emails cold emails that we're sending out aren't even opened is because they read the preview text and it's like yeah more spam fuck this i'm out right and i often you know refer to it as telegraphing your punches and you know in mixed martial arts and in and and in boxing they they refer to this you know telegraphing your punches meaning they see it coming and here they see the sales pitch coming and it seems very typical and it doesn't pass that so what i mean you could even you know go and say it, it change what i wrote here and say it has to pass the you know wifm what's in it for me test whatever whatever way you want to remember it god bless but let me tell you how you pass that test First of all, let me tell you how you don't pass the test. Number one, don't ever lead in a cold email with stuff about you and your company and your solution. Uh, First of all, that's incredibly typical. And you need to know that these decision makers get pummeled with that type of messaging just on a daily basis. So there, you know, you're following a very typical pattern. And when you follow typical patterns, people have very typical blow-offs and stimulus response kind of kicks in, right? Stimulus being your shitty email, response being them promptly disregarding and uh, and deleting it or disregarding and dis-deleting it, as we say in the trade. But, um, you know, so we really have to come out of the gate with things that are not about us and our solution. The next thing, please, for the love of God, stop beginning your emails with, I hope this email finds you well. Um, I, I personally think it's disingenuous because just like a lot of people do it, it's very typical. You are telegraphing your punches because nothing screams 
this is a preface to a sales pitch than beginning with, I hope this email finds you well. Last but not least, for those of you like me who have been embracing AI, specifically chat GPT, anytime you ask chat GPT to help you with an email, it's like standard that it starts off, I hope this email finds you well. So anybody out there who's a decision maker who has toyed with that, they are going to recognize that as AI produced, right? Like, okay, so is, uh, you know, Castain's fucking robot here trying to sell me? And you got to be careful that. And your job, by the way, is not to be typical. That is a typical approach. Your job is not to be typical as a sales rep. So we want to change it up a little bit. So what you want to do is you want to lead off with something about them and their world. So in the past, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I have a love affair with trigger events. And today, not only am I going to mention very quickly that you should be leading with a trigger event. I'll define it in a minute for those of you who are new to the podcast. But what's going to be different today is I'm going to give you a complete list. In the past, I reserve this information for people who have gone through the training programs. But you know what? It's the holidays. And I don't know, man. I heard uh, Santa Claus is coming to town earlier today. And I said, you know what? Let Let me just get into the whole giving thing this year so anyway a trigger event is something that's going on in your prospects world could be your client too by the way your prospects world that would lead to a higher probability of them needing your product or service right so there are all kinds of examples that i want to give you of actual trigger events what you need to do is kind of listen to this list find out what kind of things you know might be relevant to you but also come up with your own specific industry specific trigger events so let's start off here there's going to be a few again this would be a great episode to be taking notes i'm just telling you The first one is changes in management. That could be a trigger event. It is a trigger event. A new contact with a firm that you're going after. Someone who gets a promotion. A company that's hiring. Yelp reviews. Glassdoor reviews. Google reviews. Better Business Bureau reviews. Any kind of a major industry development. That could be a trigger event. Now, before I continue, let's take a quick time out. I want to give you an example of a major trigger event that we've experienced within the last three years. How about the pandemic? It was a huge trigger event because it changed a lot of things. So I'll give you just you know a handful of quick examples. So when a lot of people switched to a work-from-home model, at least in the beginning, we had everybody pretty much on a work-from-home model. Well, what did that do for companies like Zoom, right? That was a trigger event. A higher probability of people needing to do virtual 
meetings, right? Um, also, too, I'll give you another example. It was obviously, you know, a trigger event for companies that sold masks and, you know, hand sanitizer and, and things of that nature. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Next, a couple other things. PR news releases. The competitive landscape is a trigger event. What do I mean by that? If you were, say, trying to sell me something, you know, there might be something going on with my competitors that really could would lead to a higher probability of me needing your product or service, right? How about you know, a company that's expanding into different markets or relocating. I often use this example for my friends in the printing industry. We know if a company is relocating, well, you know, a lot of their marketing collateral has to be updated. Let's just say, again, for all my printing friends out there, you notice that they've redesigned their website. Well, guess what? Their marketing collateral needs to be consistent with that design. And by the way, the opposite, the reverse kind of um, situation takes place. If you have, say, a company that just redesigned their whole look and feel, and they have this wonderful, consistent, fresh look throughout their marketing collateral, but their website just is a little bit different than that, or maybe a lot different, well, that's a trigger event, right? I'm going to keep going because there's more generic ones I want you to know about. Um, a company that is leasing additional space, product launches, changes in legislation, changes in technology. See, that's a huge one. There's lots of changes and technology going on. So you want to uh, obviously be aware of that. Things going on in the local home front. Earnings, both good and bad. Those can be trigger events. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, bad ones. How, how is that a trigger event? They're going to want nothing to do with us. Not so fast. I've talked about this on the podcast. People who are hurting might want to get out of pain a little quicker than people all nice and comfy making all kinds of fucking money, no? So that's something to think about. Um, also, mergers, acquisitions, any kind of venture capital funding, a company that's going through an IPO, legal challenges, new organizational direction, or you know perhaps changes in their strategic direction, changes in pricing and availability of essential raw materials companies that announce an event again i go to my friends here in the printing industry and say they've announced an event you know well you know this might be an opportunity for you to create all kinds of printing and signage and you know large format type of opportunities and then last but not least any kind of a change in branding that you see so this is the first way that you can be more relevant because i said you really want to lead in that first sentence with something that's relevant and pertinent to them so i want you to be aware of it that is the first way by when you're doing your research see everybody knows that you're supposed to do your homework but not too many people taught us in the beginning what should i be looking for right so you know we do a google search and all that and yeah maybe we look at their linkedin profile but what specifically should we be looking for 
in that pre-call planning research, well, guess what? Here you go. You're welcome. Look for trigger events. The other thing that you can do in terms of wanting to be relevant, go to the trade associations that um, these target companies belong to. Look on their website. What are the articles that are being written? That is free research for you because I guarantee you the articles that they're sharing in those trade association websites, it's not by accident. They know that these are hot topics for their members. So that's free research for you right there. So that's something if you come across something that is relevant where you can find some things. Also, a lot of websites like that for trade associations, they'll have sort of a forum where people are talking about hot topics and and challenges and stuff. That's a great place to gain insight as to what is relevant to the decision makers that you're targeting. Uh, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups you can go to. What are the hot topics? You know, and you guys probably know that there is a lot of spam in in those types of forums, but you can pick up a lot of good information if you're patient and you know you go into the right group. Any kind of industry publications, again, what are they writing about? What are they talking about? If there are, you know, different questions that are being posed to the editors, what are people asking about? How about your own inbox? What are people asking you about? Those are hot topics. When you go on sales appointments and you do your demos and discovery calls, what are the questions that you're typically asked? And I would not just stop at your experiences with this. I would ask the other people on your sales team. In fact, if you're a sales manager listening to this, you should have you could have a sales meeting around this and tell everyone, hey, in the next sales meeting, I want you to bring a complete list of all the questions that you're typically asked. What are the hot topics that people want to talk about? What are people shitting their pants over right now? You can even say it like that. You know, fuck HR, right? They got to lighten up. Say it like that. I dare you. And if you get in trouble, it wasn't me. I'm going to erase this shit afterwards. But anyway, so that's kind of how you lead with relevance. So test number one, it has to pass. The SWFL test, so what? But it has to pass it with that FL first line. All right, brings us to test number two. It'll be a hell of a lot briefer. Otherwise, we're going to be here all day, man. And it's Sunday, and I got stuff to do, man. I want to hang out. Raining out here. I can't do a cigar, and it's a little cold for that. But anyway, test number two. You've heard me talk about this. But before I tell you what it is, we're coming up on the time here where all of a sudden... Everybody's all into their goals, and, and very soon you're going to hear, hey, we're going to have the best year ever. We're going to kick ass in 2024. And it usually lasts about five minutes. And I'm not kidding you. It's sad, but it's true. Like all the, I call it the New Year's rah rah. One of the things, if you really want to improve in whatever it is in your life, when you hear something that you know, and that you've heard it a million times, and it's sales 101, and it's basic, and it's common knowledge, and it's, you know, stuff rookies all know. I just want you to remember something. It doesn't mean you're doing it. So what you have to do, like right now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you're going to hear this next thing. Oh, yeah, I heard him with that, and you're going to want to tune me out. 
Don't worry about hurting my feelings. I don't give a shit about that. What I care about is the fact that you might be missing a learning moment because you're dismissing it. So the little test that I always tell people to do, I call it the I've heard that before slash that sales 101 test. Next time you hear something that you've heard a million times before, like somebody telling you, hey, you should send thank you cards, right? Um, or like what I'm about to share with you. Here's, here's the test that you put it through. Wait a minute. Have I heard this before? You know, is it sales 101 and I'm doing it? Or, you know, maybe should I like shut my mouth and actually do it? Because believe me, saying you know something, saying something is basic, that, that, that is just the, the, the wuss's way out. You're being a wuss, and somebody needs to tell you that, and I'm happy to play that role in your life. You're welcome. So test number two, I call it the kitchen table test. Very simply, what the kitchen table test is, it's if you wouldn't say it to somebody, at your kitchen table, kind of hanging out, having a cup of coffee, you know, having a conversation, a dialogue. Don't you dare say it in your email. The problem with a lot of emails is they they use a language that is, it, it, it's not human because humans don't talk this way. They use marketing speak and they say stupid shit like full service. And again, I'm, I'm pointing my finger, my middle finger here too, by the way, because this one irks me. So I am giving my printing friends the finger here, but out of love, right? If you can, if there is a way to give someone the finger in a loving way, I think there is. And uh, we, we will strive toward that, you and I. But when you say stupid shit like full service, what in the fuck is full service? I, I am still, for years, I have tried to get my feeble brain around that. What the fuck is full service? What does that mean? I'm an old bastard, by the way. I'm 58 years old, so I'm thinking of gas stations that used to be full service. I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. But now here in sales, I mean, we're full service. So what do you do when, when they like drop off an order with you or something or like you go there, do you, do you go out and check the oil in their car and windshield wipe, wash the windows and shit, give them a full tank of gas? Like, what is that? So when you say dopey shit, like full service, one source, end to end, or how about cliches? I love this one. Like, like this one, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Jerk off. You know, it's like, I just, I, I, you have to realize human beings don't talk that way. That, would you ever, would you say that at your kitchen table, having a cup of coffee with me? I'm telling you right now, you come over my house and you talk that kind of shit. I will throw you the fuck out of the house. I'm not kidding. I won't even open the door, man. You're going through a window. You don't disrespect my kitchen table by talking that kind of shit. But I mean, but seriously, again, I just, just in case I didn't mention it before, did I say that humans don't talk that way? Um, so let me say it again. Humans don't talk that way. So what you want to do is kind of read it aloud, right? Read it out loud. I would even go a step further 
And I would, re- and I'm not saying you have to do this on every single email, because right now you'd be like, Paul, no, you know, love you, buddy, but I don't have three hours per email. No, I'm not saying that. But like, how about the template that you would normally use and just modify for somebody? Run that through the kitchen table test. Or, you know, any customized communication that you're doing. But what I would do is read it aloud and uh, tape, you know, record yourself and listen to it. Put it through the kitchen table test. Is this conversational? Is it in English? Does it lack, which we want it to lack, marketing speak? Is this the kind of thing? Again, we're having a cup of coffee or maybe, hey, I don't know, maybe we're having a bourbon together at the kitchen table. Would you talk that way? See, most email communication fails this test miserably. So whether you heard me say this a million times or not, the big thing here is, are you actually doing it? So test number two is the kitchen table test. Let's move on to test number three. This is another one that I've talked about in the past. Test number three is uh, you want to do something called a sentiment analysis. That's what we're going to use a little technology, folks. I know. Welcome to the 21st century. We got to get you there, folks. Seriously. You know, old school can be good on some things, but sooner or later, if you're an old fucker like me, man, you got to embrace technology. And we're going to tell you how to do it in a minute. I just want to let you know that 50% of the emails that we send are misinterpreted, okay? They're misunderstood. So 50% of the emails that we send out, they're misunderstood. Now, by the way, just so you don't think I'm pulling that out of my rear end over here, it uh, this was a study that was uh, done by the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. Before I forget, I realized I didn't do something. I broke one of my rules. You remember earlier when I said, or maybe I did say it, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Earlier, I said that for every 100 emails that you send out, 77, approximately 77 aren't even opened. That one, just so you know, that was uh, studies that was done by both MailChimp and Constant Contact. So getting back to this, this whole business of a sentiment analysis, we want to run it through this test before we click send because we don't want to be misunderstood. Um, Have you ever been in a scenario where you sent an email to someone and all of a sudden you're in a full-blown pissing contest? You're having an email fight. I've had that happen uh, with uh, text messages. You know, it's interesting, and I just want to kind of talk about that for a second. I'm not going off on a a big tangent here because it really does have to do with what we're talking about. I get a lot of my best ideas. Uh, I I enjoy when the weather's nice, sitting outside after dinner and smoking a cigar and uh, having some thinking time. And so I get a, I'm probably at my creative best in that scenario. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, they've actually done studies on this. The more relaxed you are, and you know just calm and everything the more creative you are and um in fact they've even said that many times it's like right before you're even like falling asleep at night or the 
few minutes right after you immediately awake because you're relaxed there's less rules and um and who knows man maybe you're too half asleep to real to 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 critique your own ideas but anyway sitting outside and i have a buddy of mine um i actually have a few friends of mine that own cigar shops and um this one guy i was talking to him about an idea and i was suggesting something that he'd do and he's sending me back these really shitty responses and 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 just to kind of let you know this isn't like unsolicited advice this person had offered to pay me to consult and and you know to help out with some of the marketing and sales messaging and even tactics that they were doing to sell some high-end things that they were doing events and, and things of that nature and um, so I was just doing something that we normally do. And I get, like I said, a shitty response. And then I'm getting another shitty response. And then it was one of those moments, and I don't know if you guys ever had this, where you're like, well, holy shit, I'm in an argument. Like, how did that happen? And, you know, it's, it's that damn written word, man. We're missing, you know, a lot of that non, you know, verbal and, you know, verbal, really, um, communication. Um, you know, like, I'm sorry, we're missing the verbal aspect of it and the tonality. So we have to be very, very careful. And uh, I really wish that I knew how to do what I'm going to teach you how to do right now. Back then, run a sediment analysis so I didn't trigger this guy's inner, you know, bitch because this guy got really bitchy with me. And um, I mean, to the point, if I was like in front of him, I would have open hand slapped him because I think there's nothing more humiliating when a man slaps another man in the face and uses, uh, you know, calls him a bitch. So again, um, don't do that at work. Um, that could be bad. Could get arrested too. So, um, and again, you get in any trouble you didn't hear it from me. So, we're going to use the handy dandy app, which, like you guys, I hope to God you're using this by now. Chat GPT. It is free. There's a paid version. But what I always tell people to do when I recommend some of these things like chat GPT or for embedding emails, things like Vidyard and stuff, a lot of these things have a free version and they have a paid version. Tip your toe in the water with the free version. There's no nothing to lose. In this case, do the same thing with chat GPT. What you're going to do is there's a specific prompt. A prompt is a command that you tap in type into the app to get the result that you're looking for or the information that you're looking for. So what you're going to do is take that email that you were going to send. You're going to cut it from wherever, you know, whatever you're typing it on. And you're going to paste it into chat GPT with quotation marks. Then you're going to issue the following prompt. Remember, a prompt is a command run a sentiment analysis on this email. That's it. Run a sentiment analysis on the follow you could do on the following email and then have the cut and paste afterwards, whatever way you want to do it. And it will tell you how you're coming across. And um I, I and I'm definitely repeating myself on this one. A few months ago when I discovered this cool thing, the sentiment analysis 
I gave the example of so I was having an issue with somebody who wasn't paying me, and they were supposed to. And um, I, <laughs> I, I did a sentiment analysis, and in its own way, it didn't. This was the gist of what ChatGPT gave me as the result of the sentiment analysis. That you know, like I was basically being dicky. It didn't say that. I think it should. I think it conveys the sentiment. It says, you know, but 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 the feel and the gist of that message was basically as if it said, "Hey, Uncle Paul, you're you're, you're being rather dickish." And to which I I was like, "Well, mission accomplished," because I wasn't looking to be that best fucking friend when they haven't paid me my money. So um, I was going for dickish, really. Um, they didn't say it. I wish they would have because then I knew I had a home run. But other times, see, I'm not going for dickish. And that's telling me basically that the tone is angry or combative or whatever it is. And I just think that's a great thing to discover before you send the email. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, one of the things that I would do. But also, too, before I forget, as far as this whole chat GPT thing goes... I put out a course that now is pre-recorded, right? We had delivered it live a few months ago, but just as good in this uh, recorded version. And I put out a whole thing on how to use, you know, how sales professionals can use chat GPT. So if you'd like to learn how to use that app to craft, first of all, better emails and save a fuck ton of time, by the way, how you can get in in front of more opportunities, close more deals, grow existing accounts. All you have to do is go to yoursalesplaybook.com. You ready for this? Oh man, you get, I, I'm laughing just looking at this. I couldn't think of what to put as a link that would be memorable. So I wanted something that reflects your sentiment when you go through this course. And the sentiment's going to be, holy shit. Honestly. That's, and I am not lying. This is what I heard from people as they were learning it. People were sending this to me. And after the facts, people like, holy shit, this was well worth my time. And, you know, I guess, yeah, you're right. Welcome to the 21st century. So if you go to yourselfsplaybook.com slash holy shit, all one word, all lowercase, you can uh, get information on that download now i have to warn you about something this isn't a clever marketing tactic this isn't something where i'm bluffing i'm dead serious this is by far my most popular course i've thought from the beginning not being arrogant but i had it underpriced and i've raised the price once right now as of this recording of the podcast we are uh december 10th I promise you, um, December 10th of 2023, come probably the first week of January 2024, there's going to be a hefty price increase. So if this is something that, you know, you've heard me talk about it before and you've been interested, but for whatever reason, you haven't been able to do it, it's it's going to go up substantially. So my advice would be uh, to get on board and, and grab it because if you're like me, you know, I, I like to save money. I don't like to pay more money than I have to. But so I gave you three different tests today 
Quick review. Test number one. SWFL. So what? Needs to pass the so what test in the first line because of the preview text. Test number two. The kitchen table test. Right? Don't speak in marketing speak. None of this end-to-end full service and cliches and all that nonsense. Speak like you would in a conversation at the kitchen table or the bar right? Who knows? Test number three, we said the sentiment analysis. This is very easy. You do it with chat GPT. You cut and paste it into the app with the following prompt. Run a sentiment analysis on the following email, right? And, and have it in there. But there's actually a fourth test. Now, this fourth test beats the shit out of the other three. This one kicks ass at a level that is, is incredible. It will be a game changer for you. And I'm not going to give it to you for free. I gave you three for free, right? I'm a poet and didn't know it here. But this fourth one, if you'd like to learn about it, then what you're going to want to do is join us on December 22nd, or if you're listening to this after December 22nd, the link I'm going to give you is still going to apply, and you could go there and you can certainly uh, gain access to it. But it's called How to Write Irresistible Cold Emails. This is all new content. If you've been through several of my courses and and webinars and you're thinking you know there's there's a lot of overlap and everything there's zero overlap in this and if there's any overlap i'm going to say one to two percent but i think we're at zero here this is all new now if you've ever taken any of my email courses or webinars or whatever in the past i'm telling you you need to take this because this is going to be all new i've never done anything like this let me tell you what we're going to cover one tactic that's really cool it's called the internal subject line tactic we're going to be covering that we're going to talk about how emails are typically read there is new research that's been done uh they call it eye scanning research where the eye goes or if they have two eyes where both eyes go um but most and by the way it's bad news for us right it is absolutely bad news for us but i have two countermeasures that will completely knock those things out of whack and again tilt the scales in your favor We're going to talk about four cold email frameworks where you can, once you know the frameworks, it's going to make it very easy for you to write emails, right? And just so you know, I just want to tell you something. Copywriters, they have frameworks and there's classic ones that they've used throughout history and all. These are four frameworks very similar to you know copywriters do this but i've designed four that are just for sales folk like you and i we're also going to talk about um if you've listened to me in the past you know how i despise something called a bump email and um i'm actually going i've changed my ways on it I I despise the typical bump emails. I will tell you almost 100% of the bump emails that I get um, are are, are typical and they're all the same thing and I can't stand them. But I've come up with 
the new and improved bumped bump email tactic and I'm going to be teaching it to you because it's actually quite powerful we're going to talk about how you can use peer pressure and mystery in the PS there's a little tactic that you can do peer pressure and mystery in a PS at the very bottom obviously that's where I mean you wouldn't put a PS in the middle of your email I don't know what I'm thinking here and then for those of you who like to, you know, teeter on, you know, the brink of the 21st century, I have eight chat GPT prompts that, you ready for this, will result in absolute endless possibilities in terms of coming up with different types of emails. I want to say that again. These prompts, I have eight of them that I'm going to give you, can absolutely create this environment where you have endless possibilities when you're writing emails and the best part of it is is you don't have to be a professional copywriter to come up with all these different things chat gpt is going to be your trusty assistant so i'm going to show you how to do all that if you'd like to learn more and i hope you do I want you to visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash rock your emails, and that is uh, that is plural. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Yoursalesplaybook.com slash rock your emails, all one word, all lowercase letters. Do it soon if you want to attend live. Uh, we're going to be doing this on December 22nd, 2023. With that, I'm Paul Castain from YourSalesPlaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castain Training Systems production. Subscribe to my free sales tips. YourSalesPlaybook.com slash subscribe if you'd like to have access to over 385 of these podcast episodes. These are all free sales lessons for you. And you'd like to be able to get access through your favorite podcast um, platform. I want you to go to yoursalesplaybook.com slash A-P-P.